A new direction for the House of Representatives in Tennessee. Welcome to the week of November 26th. This is Grand Divisions. I'm your host, Joel Ebert. And I'm Natalie Allison. We're going to do a brief podcast here. We had a, a week off for the Thanksgiving holiday, so hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Um, major news uh, the last couple of weeks has been after the um, general or the midterm election, uh, it turned to immediately the speaker uh, race. So the race for the um, House of Representatives speaker. We had three candidates that were running for it, uh, who all collided on uh, Tuesday, November twentieth. And the outcome was pretty resounding. Natalie, what was it? It's 47. Way more than we thought. Oh, it was for Glenn Cassida. <laughs> 47 votes we in favor of Glenn Cassida. We didn't know how much Glenn Cassida would win. It was pretty much uh, conventional wisdom that he was going to win. The race was his. But we didn't think it was going to be by that much necessarily. Also in the race were? Curtis Johnson and David Hawk. And they all gave their pitches before the uh, 73-member House Republican Caucus, essentially saying why they should be the next speaker. Cassida famously also ran for this position in 2010 against House Speaker, current and exiting House Speaker Beth Harwell, uh, lost in that election, but this time he was successful. What were part of his pitches, Natalie, uh, if you weren't at the caucus meeting? Well, Cassida, he spoke about uh, what he had done to help so many of the members in the party, in the caucus. He he said that he pledged right then and there to help everyone in the room with their re-election bids. Uh, if, if and when he becomes speaker, part of his push was to uh, give the House more control in the budget formatting process. Um, that's something that he spoke about when we had interviewed him previously, and he reiterated again last week. I think Cassida was partially so successful because there was such a major incoming freshman class. So the minute that he saw there was this turnover, he got fundraising and he got uh, involved in primary races. Yeah, he supported a lot of them. He ended up getting, again, 47 votes. He needed 37 on the first round to make it through. So he made it by a threshold of 10. Uh, so it's no surprise that, you know, um, he will be the next speaker now. Uh, we all kind of thought it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when did he get it? Um, one of the things that I think that will be interesting to see is Cassida has already talked about increasing the number of subcommittees uh, that we will have. Um, House Speaker Beth Harwell and um, uh, then former or now former uh, Lieutenant Governor Ron Ramsey got rid of several oversight committees, among others, uh, to kind of get rid of these redundancies. It's not yet clear what Cassida wants to bring back, but he had said uh, one line was, I think, to kill off bad bills faster would uh, be allowed under this subcommittee process. Yeah, he basically said subcommittees are really important and there needs to be more of that than, than even the regular committee process. We're still kind of sussing out what these changes could look like under uh, Speaker uh, Glenn Cassida. Among the other things he could do is change the bill limit. House members are limited to 15 bills uh, per uh, legislative session, so 30 for a general assembly. Uh, the Senate, there is no limit, so they can un uh, have unlimited number of bills. Cassida could change that. Um, part of the reason that he might be introducing more subcommittees is to make uh, people that voted for him happier. I mean, more subcommittees need more committee chairmen. So therefore, if you dole out more of these, uh, you may have you know gotten more help. Uh, sure. And then the other thing that he could change, um, and we're not really sure yet, uh, is the sexual harassment policy. There's been a difference the last couple of years between the House and the Senate. The Senate is uh, 
um, have this this training video that they have opted for to require lawmakers to take that. House Speaker Beth Harwell, who has been a little bit more stringent than uh, the Senate has in terms of uh, at least been openly critical of, of some lawmakers facing um, allegations of misconduct, she opted for a in-person training most recently. Uh, so we'll see if Glenn Cassidy wants to do that. We plan on sitting down with him sometime this week. Um, so that will be uh, the next development. So stay tuned for that. Also, aside from that, we had elections for uh, majority leader and Republican caucus chairman. Uh, who won in those positions, Natalie? We had William Lambers. He won majority leader. We had Cameron Sexton. He's caucus chairman. They beat out Ryan Williams, Jerry Sexton. That was Lambers. And then uh, Cameron Sexton beat out Jason Zachary. A few days later, the Senate or the House Democrats also had their elections. What was the end result of that uh, when they got together on, on Sunday, November 25th? Yeah, well, the House Democrats decided to do it the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So neither you nor I were there, um, but they elected the first African-American to that position uh, in the House. That would be Karen Camper. She's from Memphis. So she was she was elected to House Minority Leader. Um, they also kept Mike Stewart in his position as caucus chair. Is there any thinking as to why Stewart didn't go for minority leader? Have you heard anything? No, on I that? didn't really hear anything. I kind of asked about it. I was I was told he's happy in the position he's in and he doesn't have any desire uh, to to take the minority leader position, which of course had been held by Craig Fitzhugh. Um he he didn't he didn't go up for it. I think conventional wisdom is essentially that the the uh, minority leader is a little bit more of a works across the aisle will uh, kind of play ball on both sides of the fence, whereas. Uh, Mike Stewart's position is much more of a, you know, uh, let's get the the troops rallied and, and lather foaming at the mouth at times. So uh, Stewart has served a really good job in that role for the last couple of years, at least that I've been watching. So it wouldn't have uh, shocked me that he didn't get in the race. I just didn't know if they explained it. Uh, next leadership election coming up is going to be Monday, December 3rd. That's going to be in the Senate uh, Republican Caucus meeting that they're set to have. Among the races that we're going to watch on that one is Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, he doesn't anticipate an opponent, so he's going to essentially be the next speaker yet again. But the one that people are keeping an eye on are the majority leader, which is going to be between Mike Bell and uh, Jack Johnson. Um, That's going to be, uh, from what I'm hearing, it's a very close race. It's going to be decided by uh, a 14 to 13 vote, since there are only 27 current members of the Republican caucus, that being uh, the one vacancy due to Mark North. Morris's uh, departure. So are we going to get another Williamson County guy? It's the question. It's possible. I mean, so I think that's one of the, the selling points that Mike Bell and others might stress against Jack Johnson is that if you have a governor elect, the next governor, Bill Lee, uh, who's from Williamson County, you've got Marsha Blackburn, who's from Williamson County, you've got Glenn Cassidy, who's from Williamson County, you add another person onto that. Is that too much Williamson County? I think the people in Williamson County would say no. I, I also, you know, I, I think you could argue that these people that are in leadership positions will not necessarily just have this Williamson-centric focus. They know that these are much more statewide impact positions. So the the majority leader cannot just look after their home district. They have to look at all of the areas of the state. That's what the budget process is, to look at all the areas of the state. But you might be able to make an argument successfully that there would be too much concentrated power in one area of the state uh, with that. 
Yeah. I, you could make the argument, but I, you know, I don't, will that be compelling enough to the members voting? I don't know. After House Republicans elected Glenn Cassida to be their next nominee for House Speaker, we asked him whether there would be too much consolidated power in Williamson County. Here's what he had to say. Not at all. There is a healthy rivalry between the House, the Senate, and the governor. So it's not like we are pulling, it's not like we're on the, on the same side of government. We're three different branches. And so the word I'm going to use is a healthy rivalry with the governor, with the House, with the Senate, and the judiciary, too. Well, we will keep an eye on that and, of course, stay tuned and have stories on that. We're asking and waiting uh, for Bill Lee to come on our podcast here, Governor-elect Bill Lee. Um, We have put out uh, new calls to have uh, Governor Haslam and uh, Senator Corker, who are both leaving their offices uh, by the end of the year or beginning of next year. So we'd like to have them on the podcast as well. Uh, So stay tuned. There's new uh, developments and changes coming up. Uh, we will continue to be there for all of them. Um, anything else you want to throw in, Natalie? Is no, it- I don't think so. Uh, we appreciate you listening, Governor Haslam. He, he is a Grand Divisions listener. We are working on getting Bill Lee to listen as well. We uh, uh, for, for those that are keeping track of more elections, because there are some, um, Mark Norris's District 32 seat, uh, there was a special election named um, by Governor Haslam. It, the primary election is going to be January 24th, the general March 12th. So that effectively means that there will be a new member probably during the next legislative session um, because the session gets started in mid-January and I I think it's going to take forever. It's going to be a long drag of a session. And there could be another one right behind that because Mark Green, uh, Senate District 22, is announcing his resignation is going to take effect January 3rd. So there should be another election shortly after that. Of course, you can find us on iTunes. Please continue to rate us. Uh, We will be back out with a new episode next Tuesday. Maybe with some cabinet picks. Hopefully with some cabinet picks, hopefully with a couple of new interviews. We will definitely be reporting on the Senate uh, leadership elections, uh, namely the majority leader. And if you haven't seen us yet on Twitter, we do now have a uh, Twitter page. What is that at again? At Grand Divisions 3. Uh, you can, again, find us every week on, on iTunes. This podcast is produced uh, by John Garcia. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. I'm Joel Ebert. I'm Natalie Allison. 